Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. Along with me is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. This is our first time back in the studio since the uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, broke out. Interesting times, for sure. Um, we were just recently in uh, Washington, D.C. Was that two weeks ago? Two, two, two three weeks ago now? Was the two, first three day, weeks it was, ago. Uh, what, 10th of March, I think, 9th of March we went out. Um, little I wrote about it in my article on in the magazines a little surreal about what's going on you know it was interesting you know with covid was kind of a it wasn't really being called covid yet it was everybody was just calling it the coronavirus and it was still in china and we got there on a monday and it was a topic conversation there were a few people within the capital that were taking it serious but for the most part, it was business as usual for everybody, right? We uh, flew out with busy flights, but by the time we hit Thursday, man, there were there were uh, electeds that were had the doors closed and said we're only doing phone phone meetings, and uh, our flights back out were kind of empty, and here we are today. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird being in Washington D.C. and not seeing anybody pretty much on the streets. Uh, the Capitol was completely empty, especially going to some of the offices of our elected representatives. So yeah, I think that was very telling. I think at the time, though, we were sort of joking about it. It's like, this will be over, you know, super quick. It's like a flu virus. But, uh, you know, here we are. Clearly, the United States now is the leading, uh, has the most infected people in the world. I'm, you know, the big key word is, is to uh, flatten the curve. And, um, you know, the governor uh, issued an executive order to uh, to stay at home, which hopefully that will help. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're doing our part here at We've had to make some really tough decisions. You know, we've uh, sent our employees home to uh, shelter at home and they're coming in one day a week to make sure that our operations are going. But we've had to make some tough decisions, canceling symposium and then our, our first ever uh, golf tournament with the Poor F Open. Been, it's been uh, been interesting. Yeah, like uh, like you said, Damon, those were, were very tough choices. But based on uh, everything that we're receiving, not only within the state, but uh, with our members and how their agencies are ramping up to address this, obviously, as first responders, especially in uh, public safety, law enforcement, um, you know, we're, we're on the front line every day. Sure does give us focus here at PORAC. You know, last year was all about uh, you know, use of force and our advocacy was really focused there. And now, you know, through basically the you know, a, a dire need, it's, uh, you know, for uh, PPEs and testing for our members and other things related to this virus. And how do we how do we best protect our members and the members of the law enforcement community, first responders and, um, you know, through our efforts here at PORAC? Yeah. And if you go to our um, website, so pretty much right after we got back from D.C. and uh, the pandemic really started to spread, we started writing letters to our elected officials. Uh, we had to craft um, what our priorities were as an organization to help our members because, you know, you're right, we did send our employees home to work from home. But the reality is, is you and I are still working, you know, full time every day 
to uh, to make sure that our members are being represented here in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C. Um, so you can go check out our letters uh, on our website under advocacy. Uh, we sent a letter to the president of the United States. Uh, we sent a letter to the secretary of labor, um, to the leadership, the legislative leadership in D.C. And then we sent letters to the governor and the leadership here in California. And then we also did an open letter to all the legislatures. Why don't we address some of our priorities? Obviously, the, the first and foremost is increasing the supply of PPEs, personal protective equipment. Uh, that's been the biggest call that we've heard. Uh, so we're asking that uh, we're put higher on the list to receive that equipment. Right. In lieu of that, we've we've sent out a survey to all our association leaders to uh, to provide us input on uh, what they need to be able to, to help us uh, reflect that in our messaging to our elected folks. And we've been, hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll be able to get some really good results. And we'll share that not only with the membership, but we'll share it with our elected officials. One of the other items that um, I think is vitally important is the testing of our members. We've seen it in uh, Seattle where they created a first responder only testing site where if you've been um, displaying the symptoms or you've come in contact with an infected person, uh, you can get a test. And obviously testing strips are in high demand, not only for us, but for our healthcare workers who are doing a fantastic job uh, in the hospitals. So to get us tested is vitally important because there's studies out there that say that you can actually have the virus and be asymptomatic. Right. And that's the scary part, right? You you want to know that you're not being part of the problem. You know, as first responders, we're out there trying to help the public. And in some ways, we could be doing more harm than good if we're, you know, asymptomatic and you're spreading that virus to somebody who maybe is compromised and, uh, you know, could end up in the hospital. So trying to get there. I mean, obviously, our country was not prepared for something like this. Um, hopefully, the good out of this is that they, they realize our preparations have to be much better than they are now. I mean, I think we're catching up, but it's uh, it's been a little slow to get there. Yeah. And on top of that, one of the other things that we felt was vitally important was the ability to, if you were uh, found to be positive, or we're displaying the symptoms that you could be quarantined in a safe place. Um, obviously, a lot of our members have families. So being quarantined at your house with your family is not a safe environment for your family. So we're actively working with finding solutions to that. Uh, there were some recommendations that uh, we tried to use uh, the UC and the CSU uh, facilities. Um, I just read an article on uh, the CNN website that uh, Airbnb is now offering uh, free or reduced cost Airbnbs. We talked about using hotels. Um, I guess they're at 10% capacity. So there's a lot of options out there. We're exploring all of them uh, to be able to provide facilities for uh, our members to be able to be quarantined in a safe space uh, so they can recover and get back out there to help uh, the communities. The biggest fear I have is you see it in Washington state. They have an over 192 uh, law enforcement officers that have been infected. NYPD is just being ravaged. And you look at some of these numbers and you have to realize that 60% of our affiliates uh, have less than uh, 50 people in their agency. I mean, you're talking whole agencies would be completely wiped out and mutual aid would come in and you'd have to have uh, other agencies patrol in those places. Yeah, it's it'd be devastating for some of these smaller agencies. And, you know, a lot of the larger ones, even that those are, are having difficulties with staffing. They're going your yours just went to 12 hour shifts. Yep. Starting today. Um, 12 on 12 off um, trying to increase staffing out there. You know, detectives and normal folks that are normally uh, behind a desk or out in the field and having to shag calls. It's a 
it's going to be challenging. You know, we're also finding out the majority of our academies are now shut down. Uh, so we have no new recruits coming in. And I know that training is not necessarily uh, on the top of our list of things, but uh, we have new, don't have any new officers coming in. Um, the shortage on officers is going to, it's going to start showing quickly. We're, I think you were saying in your agency, the retirements are coming in. Absolutely. And um, the executive order that the governor signed allowed for the waiving of the 960 uh, rule uh, and all the regulations regarding that. Uh, CalPERS uh, uh, published a circular letter saying that they agreed with the governor that the agencies could waive the 960 rules to get retirees to come back. The only problem that we're experiencing now is through post and the regulations regarding uh, making sure that your certifications are up to date. Uh, we've reached out to post to uh, to see if there was anything we could do to, to change those. And unfortunately, those are codified by law. So it will require the legislature to uh, to make changes uh, when, as soon as they get back. So we've requested uh, urgency legislation to make that happen because Damon's right. Uh, if we shut off the academies, we're not getting new bodies and we need to find people uh, that are willing to come in that have the experience and knowledge to do the job. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and, and like like we were saying, the, the uh, retirees are um, there or new retirees are lining up. Our folks are, are ready to leave. You know, they're like, yeah. why? You know, maybe this is a good time to go. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which I can't necessarily blame them, but it does put us, uh, in, you know, all of law enforcement in a predicament. So the other, uh, the third priority that we have, it's more of a midterm priority, is to make COVID nineteen a uh, a presumption under the workers' comp system. Uh, we currently have uh, legislation uh, drafted; it's being reviewed. Um, we've been in contact with the uh, the governor's office and the uh, California elected uh, leadership, the pro tem and the speakers. Uh, so we're actively pursuing that. Um, I don't have an update at this time because the language is being evaluated, but rest assured that uh, this was one of the highest priorities that we're focusing on uh, to make sure happens when the legislature does come back from their uh, their recess, which I believe is supposed to be April 13th. Uh, the governor's office is very well aware of this. Uh, we've either asked for an executive order or uh, urgency legislation on that. So hopefully we can get some movement and I'll have something uh, to be able to report out later in another special podcast. We talked about uh, obviously trying to get the uh, quarantine space, which I think is important. And the last priority that we have is uh, vaccination or uh, medical protocol. Um, right now, there is no vaccine or medical protocol protocol to mitigate the coronavirus. So if you get it, you're just going to have to grin and bear it and go through the process of uh, having to do what it does. Uh, and they're starting to find that it is affecting younger people where before it was if you were young and healthy, it wasn't uh, that big of an issue, but it's clearly going to uh, to affect everybody that actually contracts it. So we need to be well prepared for that. I think the vaccine, uh, making first responders a high priority in that allows us to continue to serve our communities in every capacity possible. Yeah. Um, if, if without without us, then who's who's next? I guess the National Guard, but the, they're not necessarily trained to do what we do. So it'll be pretty difficult. So some good news to report is the federal government has passed the CARES Act. Uh, in that package, outside of the individual uh, monies that people will receive, um, there's $850 million through the Burns JAG grant program allows agencies to be reimbursed for the PPE equipment they need to purchase, uh, overtime expenses associated with the COVID.
COVID-19 and the purchase of other equipment uh, necessary for responding to the COVID-19. So hooray for that. It was almost 100% bipartisan. And I believe the president is going to uh, is going to sign that as soon as it hits his desk. So that was some uh, really good news. Before we close it up, I want to let everybody know, um, like Damon said, that that we're continually working up here every day to uh, to address the issues uh, of our members. And one of the things that we thought would be a great way to get the best information out to the most elected officials uh, would be doing um, teletown halls. Right. Yeah, we, we've done uh, we've done four of those now. Yep. And uh, by region. And I think they've been very successful for the first ones. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feedback's been fantastic. Uh, we were able to uh, specifically go over all of the uh, priorities that we have uh, and give it to all these elected officials and their staffers via Leave Behind. I've also sent it out to all the entire board of directors, chapter presidents, and our specialized officers. Uh, so if you can reach out to them, they can share it with you. Uh, and we will put it up on our website uh, probably later today. And we plan on keeping, uh, continuing with these uh, town hall type uh, phone conferences that we're having with our electeds and our and our uh, directors, um, trying to keep them, you know, as up to date on the needs for law enforcement. And so that uh, when they go back to either the federal level or here at the state, um, they can make the proper requests and uh, hopefully get us what we need. Yep. Well, we'll close it up there. Be safe out there. Make sure you're using all of your safety uh, protocol. Um, keep that social distancing, uh, washing your hands and uh, trying to disinfect the best you can. Just rest assured that uh, we here at PORAC are, uh, are working tirelessly to make sure that our priorities are met and that uh, your working conditions and safety are not being left behind during the discussion of how to respond to this. So I want to thank you for joining us on this latest episode of On the Job with PORAC. It's a special coronavirus impact episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Join us on all social media platforms and be sure to tag us with your suggestions. Go to PORAC.org, PORAC.org to learn more about California's largest law enforcement organization representing over 77,000 public safety members. Make sure to check out our archived monthly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and wherever available. Lastly, we extend a thank you to all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. Be safe and have a great day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 